start of spring. Uh, yesterday was the vernal equinox, so where I am here in the northern hemisphere, we're tipping toward more and more light, and uh, I like that. I'm, uh, I'm ready to come out of out of winter hibernation and uh, greet the sunlight and the daffodils and the tulips, and uh, looking forward to the dandelions and violets. Um, haven't seen those yet, but there's there's lots of green and lots of bird song and lots and lots of robins and uh, it's pretty pretty exciting. Uh, so I hope I hope you have lots of light and joy and flowers and birds around you wherever you are. And uh, I hope you're ready for a fantastic show uh, because I have some wonderful words and music to share with you. So let's get right into it. I'm going to be reading from Chelsea Stickle's chat book. Uh, it's put out by 30 West, and it's called Everything's Changing. So let's, uh, let's just jump right in. Um, this first one I'm going to read you is called More Beautiful Than the Moon. He said he'd lasso me the moon, George Bailey style. Rubbing my grandmother's bluish-purple moonstone on my ring finger, he whispered that he'd get me a real one a proper moonstone for a wedding ring. But I like this one, I said. You deserve better. After work, he practiced lassoing. He was getting pretty good, too. I said we should enter him in a rodeo, cash in. Then he started lassoing things around the house while I read books on gemstones. Listen to this, I said, as he lassoed his phone. Because the layers of moonstones are thin, light scatters across and is reflected from the inside. It's called adularescence. Isn't that cool? He hummed and lassoed my favorite piece lily across the room. The terracotta pot shattered near his feet. Soil scattered like rotten glitter across the wood floor. And there he was, eyeing my mother's long-necked vase. It's time, I said. Lasso the moon or let it go. The shed out back was stuffed with rope he'd been collecting since his promise. They were all linked in an infinite, multicolored loop. He stripped down to nothing, his clothes pooling around his feet. In a wide-legged stance, he whipped the lasso over his head like he was competing in the original Olympics. The white orb in the black sky wiggled. He'd gotten a hold of it. The moon was on a string. All the animals bolted and left us in an eerie silence as he pulled and pulled the moon toward us. It took all night and some day, but the moon crashed into the field. The earth shook in waves, trembling from the impact. Our house collapsed. My mother's vase never could have survived that. I wondered briefly where we would sleep tonight. 
whether I had anything to wear tomorrow. Come take a look, he said, collapsing onto the ground and panting. Touch it. Up close, it was a brown boulder, the kind you'd push up a hill for eternity because you pissed off a god. As I touched its rough, pockmarked exterior, I remembered that the moon was only bright white because it reflected the sun. Without that, it was just a big rock. The only thing that made it special was what he'd taken from it. Here, on the dark side of the moon, my grandmother's moonstone still glowed.
Miwa Gemini with Will I Fly. Luck Soup. Things had been bad for a while. The recession hit and people lost their jobs. The honeybee die-off became noticeable in grocery stores. Fruits and vegetables went for ungodly amounts. Since everyone refused responsibility for the catastrophic circumstances they lived in, the whole thing was chalked up to bad luck, and there was only one way to change luck. Virginians believed that seeing a cardinal is good luck, so cardinal watching became popular. The males with their explosive red plumage were easy to spot. It was a free activity that occupied people so they wouldn't notice the whining in their stomachs. Kenny Newman was the first to shoot one out of the sky with a slingshot. The stunned bird beat its wings against the ground. But Kenny pounced and pinned its wings against its body. He stroked its head and crushed its ribcage. Wordlessly, he brought it home and gave it to his unemployed father. His father, seeing the desperation in his son's eyes, finagled a job hauling junk. Word spread of the Newman's luck. A job, any job. Soon all the children readied slingshots. Mothers became experts at plucking feathers and using bird bones for stock. Luck soup, they called it. Once cardinals began selling for over $50, grown men got into the game. They used nets and guns and tennis rackets. The bodies piled up. Girls wore the fire-red feathers in their hair as a sign of prosperity. The brown females were considered lucky, but only on a technicality and not for financial gain. Cardinal hunting spread to other states, about half the country. Ornithologists had an edge on the competition. They checked shrubs for nests and kept track of clutches. Stole and raised the chicks in cages where their songs were smothered for safety. It was more sustainable than murdering all the males. People hunted the cardinals until they couldn't find any. The only living ones, pairs of lovebirds, could be found in the living rooms of the uber-wealthy or kept cage-bound by breeders. Their whistles were no longer part of the soundscape the pop of red missing among the snowbanks. Then people decided hummingbirds were lucky. Was a glitter pink and gold Now just a memory of an elephant Hundred years old She was no that to look up Miss Scarlet was her name Though in nature she was kindly and Thank you.
elephant's name was Zoe, was troublesome of all. Why Zoe liked Miss Scarlet, no one ever knew. But it was Miss Scarlet only for could tame her in her fit. She knew Zoe was lonely and a feeling she knew. She tries harder than anyone. Why she wants to fly higher than all of them? Zoe, all I know in this world, this big old ten and circus life. But this drawer can contain me no more. I've been in love with the sun. I'm in love with the sun. See how fly high and higher. Gemini with Miss Scarlet and Zoe. Ghost Girl Ballet, after Edgar Degas' dance rehearsal, 1874. People say ballet theaters are haunted by the dancers who died tragically young, but that's not true. Theaters are haunted by bored ghost girls. They've spooked everyone worth spooking, wandered Paris, Rome, Tokyo, 
lasted lifetimes in ineffectual, transparent bodies. Now they strive for perfection, unity, grace, all the things they didn't have time to achieve when alive. So they plie and jete and pirouette in formation. They don't sweat or stink or strain muscles. They can't turn on music, so they hum along to a song they all know, usually Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata. When they dance, they don't think about their deaths or their final moments or all the fluids that creep out of a dead body. In the darkness, the world is black and cold, except their glowing gray bodies and tutus. Again, the tallest ghost girl demands. They race to their marks, afraid for the first time in decades that they might miss something. While their feet sprint across stage, they thank her for imposing order, for asking anything of them, for giving the ghost girls something to think about. All their remaining life force has to go somewhere, and they had a half-century of juice lingering inside. Their transparent bodies pulse bolder, illuminating a faint hue on stage. Until the janitor wearing big headphones blasting the notorious B.I.G., flicks on the light and kills the magic until the next night.
can fall in love with you. Let me go, so I can fall in love with you. Let me go. That was Miwa Gemini with Jitterbug to Lonely Things. My, what big teeth you have. It started out innocently enough. An auburn paintbrush tail here, a snout to love there, always on the perimeter of the yard. Through the girl's open window, she told her problems to the moon and stars. No one loved her enough. Her friends replaced her. Her parents ignored her. She was alone in the world. The fox appeared from behind a tree and approached, stepping steadily so as not to scare her. The closer he got, the slower he moved, until he was right in front of her. When he pressed his wet nose against hers, she no longer felt alone. The girl reached out and stroked the space between his ears. He panted and whined for more. The next night, the girl sat at her window and waited for him. When she saw him weaving between trees, she clapped and waved delightedly as the fox smiled and bared his teeth like a golden retriever. They played fetch, and he laughed like a cartoon. The girl started leaving out bits of meat. She snuck pieces of her dinner back to her room in fistfuls, strips of veal marsala, and strings of corned beef all dropped outside. She left the window open one night, and he hopped right in, curled up on the floor at the foot of her bed, then her chair, right on her bed, his yellow eyes locked on hers. The fox kept her warm through the chilly fall nights, his tail swishing, brushing against her back. Just when she needed him beside her to drift off, she woke up with his teeth embedded in her neck. Sound that gets her going. 
Gemini with Hattie's Love Story. Postcard Town. When we were first captured in this postcard, life was as expected. Trash pickup on Wednesday, recycling on Thursday. Then time began slowing down. A word would last a fraction of a second too long. A raised eyebrow would comically linger. I thought I was just tired, but it kept happening. Soon everyone was huddling and sharing information. It was worse on Main Street, they said, anywhere scenic. People stayed home, afraid to get caught under the idyllic blue sky or the sun-dappled trees, anything that someone might want to see. Time stretched like taffy. No one went to work anymore. The trash and recycling didn't get picked up. People stopped showering. My limbs trailed until they looked like tentacles. Motion became an event. Conversations became impossible. No one could keep track of what had already been said. It was the golden hour when everything stopped permanently. The sun was setting, and the sky was cotton candy waves of purple, red, and pink. Too beautiful to take a bite out of. But now we're all stuck here, reaching for a glass or cooking chicken, also, you could take a piece of our town, a piece of us with you. Mm-hmm. 
Gemini with Spring Without You. I scream, you scream, we all scream. There is a town at the edge of things where women hold in their screams. So they die young. High blood pressure, heart attacks, strokes, cancer. The girls watch their mothers and grandmothers and aunts play ring around the rosy. Ashes, ashes. They all fall into graves where no one will ever see them again. These girls grow into women who decide things will be different for them. They know what's expected of them. Perfect bodies, perfect souls, 
their long hair sweeping so no one notices the bared teeth fury flash across their faces. Starving their bodies in ambition until they're small enough they threaten no one except themselves. They teach each other to judge how close they are to exploding. When the shaking begins, when all that's left of them are unspoken screams, they bolt to the outskirts of town. In an abandoned field, they reclaim the bodies they've disassociated from. They raise their backs, clench their fists, and unleash what festers inside them. Holy expressions of hell, wordless desolations, cursed names, all the things they can't say at home. High-pitched, low-pitched, louder than anyone might expect their compact bodies to project. The ones who can't stay, whose skin itches with what can't be scratched away, hack off their hair and throw it down where blood poppies later emerge. They drive and drive and drive, searching for a place where they don't have to scream in a field, a place where they can be angry and imperfect and the world doesn't fall apart because of it. So they drive from town to town, devouring gas station-powdered mini-donuts, slurping energy drinks like a lifeline before tossing them onto the passenger seat pile, their mouths covered in white dust, their eyes on the road, always reaching for a place that doesn't exist. My daughter stoops to catch a butterfly who flits away from her enchanting touch. This movement does a magic beauty. Now her fingers fully wing the kiss.
Gemini with Butterfly. Worship what keeps you alive. Hurricane Florence is barreling toward us. To prepare, we buy sandbags, candles, and non-perishables. We hide out in the bathtub, the four of us, Mom, Dad, Gretchen, and me, with the floral couch cushions over us, like grass over a grave. In our parents' arms, Gretchen wants to hear ghost stories, Stories about what will happen to us. Stories about the undying. Dad tells a story about a man with a hook for a hand. Mom says everyone dies, even ghosts meet an end eventually. Change is the only constant. But we've been in this tub for hours, and nothing's changing. Gretchen whines. Mom says we have to take the long view. So we yank threads from the floral cushions, cut them with our teeth, and start braiding them together for survival bracelets. Gretchen's is all shades of green in a staircase. She weaves mine in pink chevron. Our teeth fracture granola bars and send the crumbs down the drain. We drink the water in bottles around our legs until they're empty. Gretchen wants to sit underneath the faucet and fill herself up. Mom and Dad tell more ghost stories to distract from the hunger. When we run out of granola bars... Gretchen forages for mushrooms unfurling along the tub's edge, pops one into her mouth like she's sneaking a cookie. She chews slowly like she's savoring it. My stomach rumbles. Our hands dart into the unsafe space outside the cushions. There are always fresh mushrooms waiting. We lift up a corner and peek outside. The mushrooms had multiplied across the top of the tub, down the side and across the floor. Dad says all mushrooms are connected, that they communicate through an underground network. Kill one, and another will rise in its place. Perhaps the closest thing to immortality in the natural world. Gretchen whispers the word undying, like she's found her answer. There are no ghosts, only fungi. Using Mom's lantern, we spy the original mushroom in the corner, holding its umbrella high over the other's. Immortal mother mushroom. We praise as we eat her children, destined to die and rise again. Our mouths full, our tongues tingling. Everything good comes from mother mushroom. When Sunday comes along, we use mushroom caps for the Eucharist. We adapt hymns. We brew stews. We've never been happier. Snowbird in Brooklyn, it makes me glad that 
Gemini with Snow Over Brooklyn. And I guess it's time for a little mise. On the menu today is a snack size interview with our featured musician, Miwa Gemini. Miwa Gemini is a Japanese-born singer-songwriter who now happily calls Brooklyn home. She performs in New York City regularly with her best friend, Rebecca. 
She has appeared in theater productions as well as film productions. One of her favorite projects to date is collaborating with Steve Buscemi on his web series called Park Bench, where she wrote the theme song and appeared in the house band. Her dream is to advocate for all dreams through her songs. She believes even the lost and forgotten dreams have an important place in all of our lives. And Miwa Gemini was kind enough to answer a few questions for the Violet Hour, which I'm very excited to share with you. 1. What is your earliest memory of night? It must be at the summer festival at a shrine back in Japan. I remember the twinkling lights from all the stalls with toys and good-smelling food. Crowd of people dressed in colorful yukata, summer kimono, and holding my mother's hand. 2. If you were a bird, what kind would you be and why? Hummingbird, because they are the only birds that can fly backwards. 3. What is your songwriting process and creative practice like? It starts with brewing of tea. Two cups, one for me and one for songwriting spirit. I'd like to have a few inspirational images and my journal with some words, otherwise I get overwhelmed facing a blank canvas. It's a gentle and purposeful mindset that coaxes me to sit down. 4. What are your five favorite words associated with ghost? Boo! Unexpected, lost and found, unforgotten, message. With egg? Opposites, funny, gift, wisdom, possibility. With violet. Sweet, resilient, vibrant, friendly, memory. 5. Please describe your current obsessions as diary entries. Gratitude and colors. Bonus. If you were a stuffed animal, what would you be? Definitely a cat, yellow and lopsided. Thank you so much to Miwa Gemini for sharing your music and thoughts in the Violet Hour. And you can find out more about Miwa Gemini and buy her music and find out when she's having shows on all of that good stuff on her website, which is miwagemini.com. That's M-I-W-A-G-E-M-I-N-I dot com. Oh, that's okay. I know it was kind of late when I popped by. Yeah, I was just enjoying the the new moon darkness, kind of meditating. Needed a little, you know, alone mousy time. Oh, uh, I can I can totally relate. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm back now, and you know, I mean, it's it's basically still the new moon. Yeah, like we we've talked about. I mean, everything is kind of a a, a whole area. I mean, you know, the new moon technically is only like what like a nanosecond right and then it's already back on its way to to waxing and the same with the full moon you know it's full like at a precise second and then it's you know waning again the moon is always waxing and waning mr bear oh yeah i know Uh, it's uh it's hard to keep up sometimes I know that's um mo- modern life, right? It uh, keeps us rushing, rushing, and we need to, 
you know, slow down as much as possible so we can just breathe with that moon, you know, and keep, keep waxing and waning. Um, but anyway, um, this is, you know, the new moon time is, is great for, for planting seeds and intentions, um, you know, like real seeds, uh, and, and metaphorical ones. Uh, yeah, are you, uh, doing any garden planning? Well, um, you know, in, I'm thinking about it, Mr. Bear, um, but, uh, uh, you know me, I'm kind of a kind of a last minute gardener and also I just like to see who shows up in the garden and then, you know, welcome them. Yeah, that's uh that's a good approach. Um I like I like to do that too. Uh I'm looking forward to seeing the the violets and the dandelions and the ground ivy soon, I hope. Yeah, um that's always always a pleasure. Um but uh uh can I get you a, a cup of broth? Oh, sure, Miss Mousy. You know I love broth. Yeah, I've been, um, I know we've talked about this before, but I love garlic, ginger, seaweed broth. And, um, I feel like this time of spring, you know, when the, when the weather's all up and down and there's so much fluctuation, it's, I mean, it's getting lighter, it might be getting warmer, but then it's cold and it's raining and, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it just, uh, it's all over the place. Uh, so I, I like some hot, nourishing broth, and um, uh, garlic, ginger, seaweed uh, is, is so easy to make and so delicious. Uh, yeah, r- remind me uh, how you make it, Miss Mousy. Well, I just chop up a bunch of garlic and chop up a bunch of fresh ginger and cut up a bunch of seaweed and throw it in a pot, cover it with water, and bring it to a boil, and then simmer it for a while like at least 20-30 minutes, um, and it's a delicious broth, um, and then I just kind of, you know, keep drinking from it and adding some water, and, um, sometimes I, I throw other things in and turn it into soup and, you know, eat the garlic and ginger and seaweed, uh, but sometimes I just, uh, you know, infuse it all into the water and just drink the broth. Oh, sounds delicious. Yeah, here, here you go. Here's, here's a cup. Um, it's nice and hot and just warm and nourishing. And, you know, garlic and ginger really get the blood moving. And seaweed, you know, you think about seaweed moving in the water. So you've got that flexibility. And um, there's just so much goodness in this cup. Oh, yeah, it's uh, delicious. Uh, warms me right up. And it was a little chilly out there. Yeah, um, broth broth is great all the time. I know we've talked about bone broth too, um, but I also want to talk about mushroom broth because that last piece by uh, Chelsea uh, mentioned mushrooms and that made me think of it. And, um, you know, all the work tonight, the words and uh, Miwa Gemini's music, um, uh, everything's just been so magical. And that makes me think of um, mushrooms, you know, because they're so magical. I know, it's it's like there's no mushroom, and then maybe there's some rain, and then boom, there's a mushroom. Or you're walking in the woods and looking around, and you don't see any mushrooms, and then boom, you see a mushroom. I know, and, and you know, they're, they're there all the time. Um, you know, I mean, the whole mycelium network underground, and just, you know, these we can't see things, and but but they're there. Um, but so mushroom broth, you can do just like 
the garlic ginger seaweed broth. Um, throw up, and you can put the mushrooms in with the garlic ginger and seaweed. That would be delicious. Or you can do the mushrooms just on their own and throw a bunch of, you know, oyster mushrooms, shiitake, maitake into the pot, cover them with water. And mushrooms need, um, they need to simmer a really long time. You bring it to a boil and then, you know, you want to leave that pot simmering, um, you know, I like to do a couple hours. I mean, you can do shorter, but then I, I would do do another round. Um, but yeah, and you just uh, makes a nice, rich, delicious broth. And mushrooms have so much, you know, medicinal and nutritional uh, value, um, and they're just magical. Um, and if you if you like to eat mushrooms, I mean, you can eat them in the, in the broth, um, unless you do reishi, uh, and I love reishi, but it doesn't matter how long you cook that reishi, you're not going to be able to chew it. Oh yeah, I know, I've tried, it's just like rubber. Yeah, you can in- infuse it, make that, make that long, you know, broth, it's great, um, you know, bitter but delicious, um, but yeah, you you wouldn't be able to eat those. But the other ones you can eat. But some people don't like to eat mushrooms. They don't like the texture or the feeling. And, and that's okay. You can just strain it and compost them and just drink the broth or use the broth as a base for soup. I mean, there's so much you can do. Oh, uh, yeah. It's um, it's, a, it's amazing uh, what, you know, plants and fungi have to offer us. It really is, Mr. Bear. And, uh, you know, especially springtime is also a time when, you know, all these changes in the weather and, and, and activities and, and I feel like people tend to get sick a lot. There's lots of colds and let's not forget that COVID is still raging out there. And, um, you know, we should really be concerned and trying to protect ourselves and our communities. Um, so nourishing broth uh, is one way to take care of yourself. Oh uh, yeah, that's um, that's uh, that's great advice, Miss Mousy. I just you know remind your listeners that I'm a two-dimensional hand-drawn rodent studying herbalism, and they should always do their own research. Um, but yeah, make make some broth, make some garlic ginger seaweed broth, some mushroom broth. Oh uh, yeah, I uh, it's this is delicious. Can I have another cup? You sure can, Mister Bear. Um, oh, and I know it's a couple of days early, but happy birthday, Mister Bear. Aw, thanks, Miss Mousy. You remembered. I did. And uh, happy birthday to Cindy if she's listening, because uh, I know she has the same birthday as you, and she's pr- she's pretty awesome. So, uh, yeah, we can, um, uh, how about we do our oracle? It can be your birthday oracle. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Miss Mousy. Okay, so, uh, just to refresh, uh, refresh people's, um, minds, uh, oracle I do is from Kate Greenaway's Language of Flowers and I'm just going to paw through and point down at a random point on a page and the oracle is Pyrus Japonica Fairy's Fire Oh, Mr. Bear, what a wonderful birthday oracle, Fairy's Fire and and that oracle is for everybody who's listening, not just the birthday people um, fairy's fire. I like that. I've never, um, I've never heard of Pyrus Japonica, but now, now I want to see some. Oh yeah, me too. Fairy's fire. I mean, that's, uh, that's beautiful. Oh, that's, that's, what a great birthday present. Thanks, Miss Mousy. 
You're welcome, Mr. Bear. Um, well, you should probably go finish the show now, though. Aw, uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, well, uh, this has been lovely, and uh, I'll be back to see you on the full moon. Okay, take care, Mr. Bear. Bye. Are you or anyone you know a musician? Amateur, professional, experimental? Do you tell stories with music and song? Are you interested in being considered for a potential feature on Mr. Bear's Violet Hour? If you have answered yes to any of these questions, please send samples of your work, links to Bandcamp, SoundCloud, your website, digital demo tape files on Google Docs, whatever you have, to violethourmoon at gmail.com. And that's the show, folks. Thanks so much for listening and spending a little time this spring new moon with me and the Violet Hour. I hope you enjoyed the work of Chelsea Stickle on the music of Miwa Gemini. And Chelsea Stickle's chapbook, Everything's Changing, is available from 30 West Publishing House. And you can order that at their website, 30westph.com, and that's uh, 30 spelled out, westph.com. And you can find out more about Chelsea Stickle and all of her wonderful work at her website, chelseastickle.com. That's C-H-E-L-S-E-A-S-T-I-C-K-L-E.com. And again, Miwa Gemini's music and info is at miwagemini.com. And before you go, I'll leave you with a parting gift of an oracle. Mine is from Norton Jester's The Phantom Tollbooth. And I'll just paw through the pages, point down, and read the oracle. So, your oracle is... I often find, he casually explained to his dazed visitors, that the best way to get from one place to another is to erase everything and begin again. Please make yourself at home. And I'll I'll read that one more time. I often find, he casually explained to his dazed visitors, that the best way to get from one place to another is to erase everything and begin again. Please make yourself at home. And that's the oracle. Uh, It's a pretty good one, I think. But interpret it as you will. And uh, thanks again for being with me. I'll be back on the full moon. Until then, take care and be kind to each other. And go make some broth. Theme song and show music by Sugar Whiskey. Mr. Bear and Miss Mousie believe in radical love and kindness, in mutual aid, and empowering ourselves and our communities. Together we can dismantle the white, racist, colonizing, misogynistic, capitalist, homophobic, transphobic, ableist patriarchy. This podcast was recorded on Potawatomi, Kickapoo, Miami, Sioux, and Peoria land. Text your zip code or city comma state to 907-312-5085 and find out whose land you're living on. Uh, you can also go to land.codeforanchorage.org for more information. There's also a helpful map at native-land.ca. This is just the first step in developing a land acknowledgement. 
let's learn our history and honor the land and indigenous peoples, past, present, and future. This podcast was produced in collaboration with the Boston Free Radio Podcast Network, part of bostonfreeradio.com and Somerville Media Center, Somerville's longest-running public access media center that enables a vibrant and diverse community to express its creativity, explain its ideas, share its cultures, and foster the individual right to freedom of speech. Learn more about Somerville Media Center at somervillemedia.org or check out some of the other amazing Boston Free Radio podcasts and radio shows at bostonfreeradio.com. Thanks for listening.